heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Alrighty, folks, welcome to the last episode of 2021 of YWC Football Talk. This is episode number 141. I wanted to try to make it to 150 by the end of the year. I didn't do it. Nine short, but it is what it is. But anyway, guys, for the very last episode of the year, I've got a good one. Joining me today is Phil Nightmare 10. And joining us poolside from Miami, who is down there for the Orange Bowl, Joe Provost, noted Michigan Wolverine superfan. Boys, how are we doing today? Doing great, man. I, oh, I'm not doing as good as, as I'm not living as good as Joe, but I'm doing great. Doing great, actually. Doing great. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's it's hard to complain. Uh, the weather in Florida is great, and uh, uh, you were you both have you both attended WrestleManias here? Yeah. Uh, yes. So I don't know where the game is. It's at Hard Rock. It's at Hard Rock. Okay, so the, I don't know. The only I thing I don't know is like I watched WrestleMania 28, but that is that the same stadium? I thought they yeah, they just basically done a huge facelift to it. So Sun Life yeah, is they, Hard Rock. Yeah, they they added like the canopy stuff because like people for like the Dolphins games and that were getting like too hot. Oh, but okay. other than that, it's, it's like still the same thing, just upgraded. Okay, all right. Yeah, so I've been there. Yeah, long time ago now, but. <laughs> God, that does seem like forever ago. It does. It really is when you start. Well, we'll get into this. There's something else I'm going to say, too, about once we talk about it. But, yeah, time's flying, man. We're getting old. <laughs> or I am, anyways. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, anyway, guys, unfortunately, I, I hate doing these on podcasts, but, you know, sometimes you have to do it. It's sort of the bad news of, unfortunately, yesterday at the age of 85. I got to say icon. Just icon of the game. John Madden passed away at the age of 85. No matter how old you are or no matter when you started watching football, he had an impact on your life, whether it was you watching him and Pat Summerall call games or even to, hey, look, the face of they don't call it like how you see like NBA 2K, NHL 22. No, the games are always called Madden. When you refer to playing it, that's not it's never, hey, let's play the NFL game. No, it's, hey, you want to play some Madden? So it's just an unfortunate circumstances. But like I said, a true, true icon of the game of football. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I mean, Joe, I'm not trying to jump you on you, but I'll talk first. But, like, um, Madden was a huge part. Like, so, like, we were just talking about how, like, I, you know, I said I wanted to get into this, but, like, how old I feel. So, like, someone posted – I can't remember who posted it, so sorry for not getting the right credit. It was one of the sports channels. I don't think it was, like, anybody, like, one of us or nothing like that. But they posted a picture of all the Madden covers. And I didn't even realize there was so many Maddens before I played Madden. Cause, so, like, I played Madden – like, I played Madden in, like – I think the first earliest I played was 99, I think was the earliest. Maybe 2000 was was when I really got into it, and I've played every Madden since. Um, but, like, yeah, there, so there was, like, several before that. Um, but he was, like, very integral, and, like, I, I obviously knew – I knew him from the game before I knew him in the game, like, the real game, you know? So, you know, I, but it made me want to learn more about it because, I mean, here's the iconic voice, like, EA Sports is in the game, and then here comes Madden, you know, talking to you and stuff, like, in the older games. Not so much the newer games. Um, but then also, I remember you mentioned him with uh, Pat Summerall, but I watched him with Al Michaels. That's John Matt. That's the John Madden that I got to see the most of. Now, honestly, that was like towards the end of his career as far as like that's when he ended. And then he did, uh, I think the Patriots Super Bowl was the last Super Bowl that he did. The Patriots first Super Bowl was the last one he did. 
That was so. the last one with Pat, I believe. He did. I I want to say he did. Sorry to cut you off, Phil. You're good. I think I think he did. Uh, a few with Al. I remember seeing on a video. I think he did the one where the the Bucks won, like the the one that was the Buccaneer Raiders Super Bowl. And I think he did. Okay. I want to say. I think his last one was the Santonio Holmes catch. Yeah. Okay. So Kurt Warner said he, he. I was glad that you were. I was a part of the last one you were in. So that would make sense because Kurt Warner played in that game. Um. So it has to be that game at least because. Okay. So that makes sense. So it's probably that game. Anyways. Um. Thank you, Griff, for uh jumping in on that and, and helping with that. I'm not always good with that stuff kind of stuff. But anyways, you're great. Um. But yeah. So like Madden was a huge part. Like I know it's a video game. And first of all, I want to make a short little statement because. I've saw. I've seen seen him getting some hate. I don't know if you saw a tweet about it. Like, when a man dies, shut up. Like, that's all I'm going to say is shut up. Even if you don't like him, there's people that die that I can't stand. And I'm happy they're – not happy they're gone, but not upset that they're gone. I don't tweet about them. Like, these people are ridiculous. They're the scum of the earth. So anyone tweeting anything about him being a bad influence on the sport, blah, 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 I'm not going to get into it. I'm just going to say you're the reason why we can't have nice things. Stop tweeting, please. But anyways – uh, Madden was great. I mean, like I said, he was a huge part of my life. Like Madden, well, while I have my views on Madden, uh, the game to this point, um, I do, you know, it was a big part of my life and him calling Super Bowls, him calling, uh, games with Al Michaels. Like it was just iconic. Like John Madden, I know he's like an older school, more guy. Like, I don't know how much, how well he would last today, but because the same thing with Al Michaels, that doesn't do much games with as well, but I won't get into that. But but John Madden was great, is all I'm saying. He was he was a huge part of my life um, growing up and being a football fan. Um, so uh, it's sad to see him go, but hopefully he's you know resting in peace and uh, his family is good. And and I saw this as well. He does Madden 23. If he's not on the cover, I riot. He has to be on the cover. He can be on the cover with another player. That's fine. Like I get doing that. You got to promote the new and the old. I get that, but. Yeah, I think he's either going to be like just straight up the Madden cover or like the. Like typically, there's the MVP edition. They might just call it like the Madden edition yeah. and put put him on like the the uh, the cover of that. But I think it would be a good uh, a good a good thing to do is just have him be the cover um, across the board next year. Yeah, exactly. Like I feel like they'll still release one of a player, like because look, you always have to do that. But I feel like they're gonna have to. They'll have to do something to honor him because I feel like it would just be wrong if you didn't. Like you know, it's just like a big. It, it, it's just wrong for all the wrong reasons. If you yeah, didn't the last one it. they did like that, I think it's the last one. Uh, I'm looking at this picture now because uh, they don't show the original, the actual cover. The actual cover was Adrian Peterson, but they have a Barry Sanders edition. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was Madden 25. I want to say. Yep, you're right, Madden 25. Yep. So the, uh, like the 25th anniversary. I actually had. I actually had that game. There you go. So, so he could. Uh, I'm not sure if that was that 360 or is that still 360 days? I think 360 yeah. and PlayStation Two, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got. I had the. Uh, I was. I yeah. think it was the PlayStation Three one. I got three. Okay. All right. Yeah. I don't. I don't mean to like go on and on about it, but I just Madden was Madden's an iconic game in general, and that's just a small part of him. Like he was a great coach. Let's. We're not even talking about his career. <laughs> like he was a great coach. Um, is iconic with the Raiders. So. Greatest winning percentage in NFL history, believe it or not, for a head coach. That's, I didn't know that. That's good. That's a good stat. Like I didn't know I, that. So I, I uh, kind of watched the NFL Network this morning and got a, some info on it. Here's a question. Now that you just said that, I don't know why. Just this, just this is spontaneous stuff. But uh, would you change the Lombardi Trophy and name it the Madden Trophy? 
I I don't think so. Let's. I, I I wouldn't think so just because, like, I think it's just it's always Lombardi. It's like you're not gonna. There's certain things you wouldn't change. It's like how some people want to change the NBA logo from Jerry West, like Michael Jordan or Steph Curry. I think they'll leave the video games, but I feel like if anything, maybe rename the Coach of the Year award after him. Oh, that would be good. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like you should name. Like they should get new things. So if something new is started or whatever, like or. I'm not, I can't think of a good example, but, like, in the video game world of Madden or sports, like, Madden should always – so, like, if EA Sports loses the title or whatever, whoever gets the football license should call it Madden or, what, like, that kind of thing. Like, something as a nod to him. Um, whatever yeah. you know, whatever that answers. I'm not saying change the Lombardi trophy. I'm not saying that. I was just using that as an example. No, no, 100%. Joe, do you have any thoughts on it? or? Yeah, just to kind of piggyback off of what, uh, what Phil said. Um, yeah, Madden, the video game, we'll start there. Um, I specifically remember my first Madden. It was 2001, actually, for the computer. Uh, and then the following, I remember this vividly. And then the following uh, the following year, we got a PS, I think it was a PS2. And then we got, like, uh, Madden 2003 with Sean Alexander on the cover. And, man, didn't my brother and I, we played that to, like, no end. Yeah, that one had like Sean Alexander on the cover, I believe. Yeah, Marshall Falk was on the cover. Yeah. Or Marshall Falk, you're right. I think Sean was he the next year? No, he was 07. He was a few years later. But I'm okay, not... he was a few years later. Okay. Yep. And then the 01 one I'll always remember because the little computer uh like the cases that like computer get like they were like C D cases. Yeah. Um, yeah. Back when computers actually had like took CDs. <laughs> Speaking of feeling like really old, right? Yeah. But they uh that one was Eddie George for sure. I remember it was, that. Hundred yeah, percent. Yep, it was. Um, so yeah, always a big Madden guy. Um, for sure, as far as the video game. Um, and then like you were saying, Phil, like a lot of people, I feel like commentary wise, you either you either dug Madden style or you didn't. Um, there was kind of really no in between and I was always fine with it. Like never had any like problems. Um, I know a lot of, like a lot of the things that he was kind of like, like people would say he would state the obvious a lot. Um, but it's sometimes it's just hard. hard. He was off of color too. Don't look like, yeah, not to interrupt. Yeah. Sometimes it's just hot. You know, it is what it is, but you know, I felt like he gave great example. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, like, you know, the, the Patriots first Super Bowl, his, you know, his calls on there, like that just brings back a lot of memories. So yeah, it's definitely, you know, passing of a legend and uh, um, yeah, you, you know, you hate to see it. Side note too. Um, I just thought about this. Not that, I feel like I'm already talking too much. Sorry, but <laughs> um, I was looking through this last night. All cover athletes are hall of famers. If I'm, well, you have to ask me, you have to answer this, check this Griff or, or, or Joe. Is Dante Culpepper a Hall of Famer? I don't think so, and I don't think Peyton Hillis will be either. Well, that's what I, well, this is what I was getting at. All of them but Peyton Hillis. <laughs> so that's – anyways, I just thought – that not, has nothing to do with Madden himself. But, yeah, so Dante Culpepper, I, I guess, is not I, – I, like I said, I didn't know. Culpepper, not to go on like a tangent, like Culpepper obviously was, he had a few dominant, very dominant years with like right. Randy Moss and Chris Carter, but – I just don't think the longevity was quite there. And then he started to bounce around a little bit. And then Peyton Hillis was obviously, that was the fan vote that just got out of control. Well, that, that was Madden. Madden learned their lesson. Don't like, we're going to troll you and put a pullback on you. Like, why would like, and that wasn't even like, well, peak internet days. Like nowadays the troll job would have been worse. Like, 
uh, well, I say worst. It depends on who they put in the bracket, of course, but that was their own fault. But anyways, and then I guess the only other one up for grabs still is Lamar. Lamar's the only one that, you know, Lamar and Odell. You think Odell will be Hall of Fame? I don't know. That's another debate, but I just, that's the only two that aren't, that are still playing. Another debate for another day. And then the only other thing I have to say, unfortunately, is um, ESPN Bears writer Jeff Dickerson unfortunately passed away of cancer yesterday at the age of 44, too. So just a very, another very somber situation, obviously. Obviously not as big, but still still sad as also considering, too, that he was only uh, 44 years old. So I just wanted to throw that in there as well. Um, but, pardon me? No, I was going to say, rest in peace, Madden. Also. Yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on, because like we said before, um, this Friday, look, I know we're in week 17. We're, in the, we're kicking into high gear and full gear, if you will, for the NFL season. But this Friday, we have the two college football national semifinals, Alabama-Cincinnati. And, of course, the Orange Bowl, where Joe is right now, he'll be at the game Friday night between Michigan and Georgia. But before we get to Michigan-Georgia, I know, Joe, that's probably killing you. I think we should talk Alabama-Cincinnati first. Um, I want to ask you guys, because we'll get like we'll get into all the games and stuff, but I want to ask you guys, look, I think we're all going to go Alabama to win, but is there any chance in the world or any possible scenario you guys could see where Cincinnati either makes it a really close game or even upsets the Crimson Tide? I think that it's really hard to see this being within like within like a two touchdown game. I think in order to get there, Cincinnati is just going to have to play outstanding defense. They're going to have to rattle Bryce Young early and often, like really get him off his game. Um, But Alabama too, this entire year, this is like one of the years where people kind of wrote them off a little bit you know, with their, uh, with their early loss in the season. And they've been playing with a chip on their shoulder. So even though they're heavily favored, they're kind of coming in with that kind of underdog chip on my shoulder. We got something to prove. And anytime a Nick Saban team has that, that's usually not good for the opponent. So while I do think there are avenues to make this closer than what a lot of people think it's going to be, I, I just don't see it playing out that way i th- i'll give a quick score prediction i think it's going to be in the realm of like alabama 38 cincinnati uh 17 Ooh. Ooh, Joe. oh man i mean so i'll look, look joe said a lot of things um that i agree with um about that so bama is got a chip on their shoulder and they're scary they're that's not a team you want to see right now. They have something to like. I know in our in in the outside of Alabama, no one really thinks they have anything to prove. They're Alabama. They've won multiple championships. Like, but Alabama, that's how you coach. That's how good coaching is. Belichick does the same thing. Like Saban, I guarantee you, they think they're. they're I mean, he's plugging every bad thing that people have said about Bama. Oh, since it, he's throwing everything. Since he, since he, since he, since he. This is their golden child. Everyone think everyone wants them to win. No one cares about us. Like. I'm sure that's what they're what he's saying in in the in the meetings and stuff. That Bama team's not coming out uh not at their at their top of their game. Like they're going to be great uh, like they normally are. But I will say this, I've been an advocate for the little guy. My friend uh one of my really good friends tells me all the time it's like a Cincinnati wins, watch out because Philip is going to be <laughs> losing it. But what I meant, I look, I was an advocate for Cincinnati getting in. There is no other team and there's no other argument Period. I will say that with confidence that you can tell me that another team deserved this. I don't care if Michigan, I mean, Alabama goes in and destroys them 90 to nothing. I'm really serious about that. 
they still deserved it because Notre Dame did not deserve it. The other top teams that were right right below, I can't think of them. I know Notre Dame's fifth, I think. And then six, like six is Ohio State, I believe, right? And then like those teams, none of those teams were good enough, were better than Cincinnati. On paper, is which is what you have to judge it by. On paper, on visual, all that stuff, none of it. Now, whether they would have beat Cincinnati, what you can make those arguments all day. So Cincinnati belonged to deserve to be there. Now, granted, the committee had no choice. They literally had no choice. If they don't put Cincinnati in here now, they are they already made the statement last year, but they are definitively this year that they would hammer it down. You're not the big the power five, five conferences. You're not getting in. That would that would be a lock, and the, the committee would implode. Like it would have been really bad for the committee. So it worked out for them that they had no choice really because there's no they couldn't put Notre Dame in, they couldn't be put Ohio State in. It just didn't make it made no sense. There's nothing they could point to. So I'll I'll commend them in the sense of but they're also they also got lucky. Now granted now so now we're going to the game right. So do I think Cincinnati has a chance? They anyone has a chance. It's college football, NFL same way. Like college football, yes. Like okay, a D two school is not beating a D one school right or whatever. Like very rarely, but it does happen right. So, yeah, it, are the chances that Cincinnati wins slow? Um, uh, big? No. they're not. I don't know what the actual spread is. Griff, you can probably tell me. Um, 13 and a half. 13 and a half. I'm not a betting man, but I'd almost take that. A chance. I wouldn't bet a lot, but I would take that chance. I think – I'm not saying they cover. I don't know if they cover. I think in the end it's close because 13 points, it's close. I think whether they cover or not is going to be close. But I think the game's close in the first half. I really do because I don't think Bama – Bama and Cincinnati – Cincinnati has all the footage in the world, all the experience about Bama, right? Cincinnati's still fairly young. You only have a few years with them. That Cincinnati team is not a pushover. I think Bama is going to maybe go toe-to-toe with them or maybe get kind of like, whoa, okay. Not that they're going to be caught off guard, but I think Bama's going to come in strong, but I think Cincinnati is going to be able to stick with them for their first half, whether they lead, whether they're down, whatever. And then I think Bama's just too good. They're going to pull away in the second half. They have too much, uh, you know, too much depth. Depth. I don't think Cincinnati. Now, if Cincinnati has depth that I don't know about, then this game will show that. But I think the game's gonna be close in the first half, and I think the second half is when Bama will take away from it. And whether it's 14, 21 points, like I don't think it's gonna go. I don't think it's gonna be a big blowout because Bama hasn't really blown out really solid te- teams. They struggled to beat Auburn, which I know Auburn is a is a rival and everything, but they struggled heavily in that game. So that's just the last game we know from Bama, right? They, well, they played Georgia, but and they beat Georgia. Which that's a whole. I'll get more on Georgia in, in the next game, but like, I I do think Bama wins. To 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 cut myself off, uh, I do think Bama wins, but I think it's more of a ch- like Cincinnati has a better chance than people are get, going to give them. If Cincinnati wins this game, forget it. The playoff the playoff system as we know it will never be the same, and I want that. I don't think we're gonna get that, but I think if Bama blows them out, I think that gives the committee like, see, 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 we put Cincinnati in. Big power, they're not a power five. That's what you get, but no. But anyways, um, on to me now. Um, with this game, I'm gonna go like a similar route, but I honestly believe that there is a chance. I think Cincinnati does cover. I think that it's gonna be, but the only way I I can see it for sure happening is if they get the ball first, and you know what, you you punch Alabama in the mouth, kind of like what we saw Auburn do, kind of like what we saw Texas A&M do. This team is beatable. Now, I'm not – obviously, I'm saying, yeah, is Texas A&M better than Cincinnati? I don't know. Texas A&M is still a great school. I would say, though, hand, in, hand over hand, that Cincinnati would beat Auburn in a one-on-one game. We saw Houston take care of Auburn yesterday. Um, 
But when it comes to this game right here, I think it's just one of those games, you know, where it can stay close, but then you kind of see Cincinnati just pull away and get those just Bryce Young throwing those bombs like we saw him doing against Georgia. This game ultimately is going to come down to how do the Cincinnati defensive backs match up to guys like Jamison Williams. Obviously, John Mechie's not playing in this game, which is big. Um, And then also, too, how does the Cincinnati D-line hold up against Alabama's offensive line with projected first-rounder Evan O'Neill on it and just other weapons all over? That's the thing that's so laughable. And also, too, uh, Slade Bolden, too, um, for for Alabama's going to have to step up and have a big role in this game. But when it pertains to it, yeah, it's easy to bet Alabama on the money line, but I'm going Cincinnati to cover just to, you know what, because I also don't want to see them get their ass kicked and then everyone go, oh, see, told you we should have put Oklahoma State in. Oh, we should have put Ohio State in. Um, we should have put Utah in. No, I think Cincinnati belongs here, and I think they're going to prove to people, hey, go get a moral victory, and we're going to show that we can hang. Because remember, Cincinnati's moving to the Big 12 in a few years, along with BYU, Miami, and I want to say – no, uh, Central Florida, excuse me, and Houston. So – We'll uh, we'll see what happens there, but I think we're all in agreement. Alabama's going to win, but Joe, I like your score, but I'm going to go forty-one to twenty-eight. Uh, Alabama win cover. Yep. Yeah, yeah, which is a cover. The score, I'm going to say, like I, Griff, you say they cover, right? So mm-hmm. I I think they just missed the cover, so I'm going to go. So fourteen points would mean they missed it, right? Yes. So I'm going to go twenty-eight fourteen final score. You know, I can see both. But anyway, guys, on to the more – I'm not going to say more intriguing, but the more game where I think anything can happen and where, of course, our very own Joe Provost will be Friday night in Hard Rock Stadium at the Orange Bowl as his Michigan Wolverines, Big Ten champs, take on the runners-up for the SEC, George Bulldogs. Um, I got to go to Joe first. I got I, – I just got to ask. Joe last. Okay, never mind. Go ahead. You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? We're gonna let's do reverse order for this. We're going to save Joe for last. Joe for last because I think he's got a hot take on this. So. <laughs> and – we're going to save him for last because he's the Wolverine here. For me, for this game, I'm going to say one thing. I think if Michigan's going to win this game, they have to have Cade McNamara make plays. I'm not saying it's like one of those games where he has to go out there and prove it. I'm just saying if they're going to rely on Haskins running the ball, it's going to be a long day for Michigan because we know how well that Georgia defense is at, stop- at stopping the run. That's my big thing with this game. So if the Georgia defense can, you know what, they were frazzled. Look at them against Alabama. They were completely caught off guard by everything there. But I'm just saying this. If Michigan wants to run the ball, you're gonna, it's going to be a long, long day for the – it's going to be a long day for the uh, for the Wolverines offense. Now on the other side of the ball, honestly, I know there's the one – name, his name is coming off the um, – I'm forgetting his name, but there's the one defensive lineman, I believe, who tested positive for COVID who won't be playing on Friday night. But if Aiden Hutchinson and Okunjobi can make, um, I believe that's his last name. Joe, you can correct me on that one. Ojabo. Ojabo, excuse me. If those two can make Stenson Bennett's day hell, Michigan's going to win this game. Uh, I'm going to look up the spread for this game right now because I still believe it's a pretty big spread. Yes, it is Georgia at 7.5. I'm going to say this right now. Joe, I I know you have your take for later. I'm going to go Georgia win, Michigan cover. Over 45 points, though, I don't know. I'm going to go 21-17 to 17 Georgia win. I think that Georgia's going to do, unfortunately, just enough to win the game, and that re- that, uh, that sets up again the, mat- the rematch from the SEC Championship in Indian- Indianapolis in two weeks. 
That's good. Uh, good points again, uh, Griff. Um, I'm actually like, like I, I'm intrigued to see what Joe's going to say, and he knows his team more than anything. So this is going to be really intriguing. But this is my thoughts on both th- these teams. I'll get to Michigan in a minute. We'll go to Georgia first. My thoughts on Georgia are like they had a chance to finally prove they are better or as good as Bama, and they shit the bed. Excuse my language. Like the game was not close. Like for the in- for the most part, that game was not close. Like you. Failed. You had the chance and you failed. Georgia is not the team, right? The Georgia is not the team. Well, they're not as good as Bama, right? So Bama's still higher. So maybe Georgia's better than everybody else, right? I don't necessarily believe that. I don't. I think Georgia was really, really good, and then they got their, they got humbled big time. I say humbled, but they got exposed. It showed whatever against Bama again, and I think it's gonna hit their ego. Like obviously, different players, different everything, but I think it's just going to have an effect on that Georgia atmosphere of that team. They know that they can't. They've got to. They want the uh, on the opposite side. They're going to try to go after Bama. They want to get Bama again. They want Bama again. But they're going to look. Whether you can, you can call it whatever you want to call it, getting caught ahead or looking behind them, whatever. They're not ready to face this Michigan team, a team that they're that that now merging into them, got the monkey off their back. John Harbaugh is John or Jim? I always forget which one is which. <laughs> Jim. Um, Jim. Okay. Jim Harbaugh. Finally got the monkey off his back. Like he's always he's made Michigan like in the conversation, but not over that hump. Now they're over the hump. They're in the college football playoff. The momentum is just it makes too much sense not to to for the Michigan not to win at all. I have Michigan spoiler alert, but I have Michigan winning at all. Period. We'll see what Joe says. Maybe that changes my mind. Him being a Michigan fan, but I think they went. I think they beat Georgia. I don't know what the I mean score. I think it's still close because Georgia's got a good team. They have a good defense. Regardless, I don't know what players are out and what players are not out. That's the only thing, unfortunately. But I'm going from what Griff has said. So, like, I think Michigan wins by seven. Like, so I'd say, like, we'll go. We'll still keep it in the 20s. I don't think they're going to be able to score 30 on Georgia. So I think maybe let's just say 24 to 17 uh, Michigan, something like that. But I, I think Michigan wins this game and they go on to, to play Bama and I'm ready for that matchup. Yeah, I mean, you guys both bring up pretty valid points. Um, one thing to watch out for that just sprung up, he's mocked to be about uh, second round, maybe third round pick, but Michigan's top corner slash safety, Daxton Hill, um, apparently tested positive um, over Christmas, and he stayed with. Uh, he stayed at school. He's up in Ann Arbor right now, and he may or may not have to, if he can clear um, with the new five-day test rule, he would be eligible to clear the night of the night before the game. So he might fly down um, private the night of or the morning of, um, of the game. So that is one thing to keep an eye on. He is a dynamic um, cover guy. He's not a true corner. Um, definitely better suited at safety, but with Georgia's um, freak tight end, uh, his name escapes me at the moment. I'm sure I won't forget it here soon after the game, but that dude's really, really good. And he would be kind of the guy that would almost like stick on him. Like he, like wherever he goes, that's where Dax is supposed to go. Um, so that's one thing to keep an eye out for. Um, I don't really have that changing. I'm not going to change anything because I don't know for sure that he is not playing. Um, I think the over under score wise is a little bit high considering both teams, especially Michigan love to run the ball. What does that do? Even in the college game where the clock stops, 
on first downs, that really shortens the game. Um, I don't – for, for it to get to hit that over-under, I, I don't see these two teams going into, like, a shootout. I think I think it's going to be – I don't want to say boring, but if you are all about offense, if you're a Big 12 fan, this isn't going to be the game for you. That's kind of where I kind of feel this, how the how I feel this one playing out. Um, like Griff said, Stetson Bennett, you know, versus Cade McNamara. The quarterbacks in this are going to be huge. Obviously, McCarthy is probably going to get seven to eight plays, if not more, if Michigan comes from behind because he gives them, while – his floor is lower. His ceiling is higher. Um, speaking of McCarthy. Uh, so I think if they're playing from behind, he gives them the best chance. Um, but if things are kind of going as scheduled, um, the way that Michigan likes to play, you'll see you'll see only about, you know, six to seven snaps of McCarthy. And when they bring him in, it's just to you. Uh, it's a numbers game because he can run a lot better than McNamara. Um yeah, this is going to be – this game will be – and it sounds so cliche, but there has never been a truer statement. This game will be won in the trenches. You have the best defensive line going against college football's best offensive line. You have one of the best – you have the best rushing attack in college football going against the team that is uh, dominant against the run. Um, so, you know, it's just – it's going to be really interesting. I think, you know, it's going to be a battle of attrition. It's going to be super physical which I know it just sounds like the most cliche things ever, but it has never been truer for this game. With all of that being said, I do have Georgia coming out on top, and I would love to see nothing nothing else but that. <laughs> but I've got Georgia winning by a score of, I've got it 27 to 20 which I know would technically hit the over-under. It's just, it's going to be super close there. I think it, I, when Vegas sets these, you guys know as well as anybody, they are pretty close. Um, but that's what I have, 27-20, Georgia winning. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you're, I mean it's, it's a game that could go either way. It's very hard to call. And both teams have something to prove. I mean, Georgia can't win the big one. Michigan hasn't even got to the big one yet in a while. Yeah, so. I'm a little bit worried about kind of Michigan, like from a from a nerve standpoint, it's it bodes them well of kind of saying, you know what, hey, regardless of what happens, um, you here. know, we beat Ohio State, we won the Big Ten, we had a point zero zero two percent according to ESPN's FPI to do that. Right. Now, where I think that hurts them a little bit is like this team is really the what changed this team around is the leadership. Of course, there's NFL talent, but the leadership was a big part. And I don't think that they're going to let their guard down, per se. But it's just there's just something different when you feel like you've like when you've when you've climbed the mountain. How much do you have left in you? Like, obviously, you want to keep going. But are you are you attacking this with the same mentality as you were to beat Ohio State? And obviously, I do like you can say that you want to, and you can muster all that up, but Michigan's season was Ohio state this year. And I just, you know, anything can happen. Um, I just know that when these two teams face each other, like I said, it's going to come down to the trenches and you'll be able to tell early who's moving who off the ball. And I think that's going to be a very good early indicator. 
No, that's wow. You, I mean, great stuff, Joe. Like, I, I agree. And I think it, this is one of those games that's really kind of hard to predict because, like, you just made a great case for Michigan, you know, like their season was, I say, all the things you said. And then you could say the same thing. Like, Georgia, like, their chance was beating Bama. They didn't do it. Like, so now what's next? Like, the only thing next for Georgia to do is now they have to win this game and hope to face Bama again. But you can't – you don't – one, you don't know if you're going to face Bama regardless of who they're playing, right? And then you don't know, like, like you, you, you don't know how, like, the psyche has done to them. Like, yeah, maybe it motivates them. Maybe – because it, it, you can make a story either way, however it turns out. If Georgia comes out and destroys Michigan, then you know they were determined, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Or if they come out and they, they lose or a close one, whatever, lose in general, you're like, was it too much on them? Was Georgia thinking they weren't good enough? You know, there's a lot of narratives. You can always change the narrative. I've always been, you know, I've always said that. But, yeah, like there's a lot of narratives going into this game and there's going to be narratives coming out of this game. Also, I, I, one last thing I do want to ask, Joe, I don't know the player's name because I'm I'm terrible about – I haven't followed a whole lot of, like, names-wise, but – the, the Michigan player, he's a def- defensive end that's like project or, or linebacker that's projected to be like number one overall. Yeah. Aiden Hutchinson. Yep. Yeah. What is he, a linebacker or a defensive end? Defensive end in a 3 4, like a Ravens oh, type of system. He could probably he's play a, outside. But. He's a hybrid linebacker. Okay, hybrid. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So do you think is that warrant, warrant, uh, more, I can't say the word. Is that warranted? Like, do you think he should be the number one pick? Like, just from yeah, this point? Yeah, I mean, I, there's an argument to be made. I mean, of course, this is, like, a super defensive, heavy, like, draft, and I'm sure we'll get into draft stuff down the road, but right. I, I would listen to an argument for Thibodeau or Hutchinson. I mean, there's things to like about both guys. I mean, I do think Hutchinson will get the nod, because when you turn on that Ohio State tape, um, he was going against a left tackle who's projected to be a bottom end of the first top end of the second type of dude um and absolutely dominated and that's just not not me being biased whatsoever i think it could go either way yeah i'm I'm, i you know how a lot of the times with the drafting i'm just gonna say this quickly but the draft you know a lot of the times people say like the whole quarterback comparison how we're getting a lot of the whole oh miami should have gone herbert instead of tua I think with this draft, no one and two, Thibodeau, Hutchinson, I feel like whichever way you go, there's not going to be a win-lose scenario. I think it's going to be a win-win scenario, kind of like in 2019, how, hey, Arizona's happy with Kyler Murray and San Fran's happy with Nick Bosa, you know? I know they're obviously quarterback, defensive end, but I feel like, because that's how I feel like this draft's going to be. And also, too, with this draft, it's a lot more about what your team needs than what you want to draft. Right, yep. And the only thing I got to say about the bowl games for like, the, obviously there's actually one that's starting right now between uh, I believe Virginia tech and Maryland. Yep. Yeah. The pinstripe bowl, Maryland and Virginia tech. Um, and then there's some other ones that intrigue me like Michigan state Pittsburgh tomorrow night. But the one that really intrigues me is Saturday afternoon, Pasadena, California, Ohio state, Utah. I feel like this is going to be a hell of a game. I think this is a game to the people are, I know Joe, you hate Ohio state. But I think this is a game that people are really underrating. I feel like a lot of people kind of see and they're like, oh, I don't know what to think about it. But I think I think there's a chance Utah could um, could upset. Yeah, and I don't even know if I like not to like I, I try to I kind of pride myself in being as objective as possible and putting fandom aside um, as much as possible, as much as humanly possible. Um I think I don't even know that I would call it. What's the is there a spread on that currently? Because like Ohio Four State's five, Ohio, Ohio State has five people sitting out. 
and that's Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, um, the left tackle that I mentioned before. And I mean, Ohio State's super loaded, super talented, right? Like they could plug guys in and probably still, you know, give them a really good game. But yeah, and this is going to be just a slight tangent from this, but bowl season used to be like my absolute favorite. You know, you were on Christmas break, whether it was high school, college, whatever. And you would just, it would just be bowl mania. I was all about it. I would watch, you know, the, the, uh, the quick lane bowl with the Mac teams all the way up through the Rose bowl and then the national championship, like loved everything about it. Um, bowl season, the last couple of years, and this year is no different. Uh, COVID hurts it a little bit more, I think, but with the sit outs and all that, and I'm not saying I'm not like one of those Bach humbug guys that are old school and rah, rah, like you shouldn't be sitting out like that. Uh, that's not what I'm arguing. I it's just, it, unfortunately it's lost its luster. And I think that's where expansion has to come in a little bit. No, yeah, I, I think I completely get yeah. that. No, I was just saying, I think that, I think Joe's right. I, like I, I've been, look, you can go to you back to the YouTube take days of me and Arkeen, like Markeen convinced me that like eight's just not the answer or whatever. But I think it's just it has to go to eight, like just to comment on that because the bowl season is suffering because of it. Like, I mean, obviously I know, like, so there's some big games that, like you said, like I, I mean, I'm gonna be honest, I don't care about anything else. Like, if my team was involved in it, great. Like South Carolina's playing North Carolina, like I will probably watch that game because I haven't been able to watch that many games. I'm off tomorrow. That game's tomorrow. I'll probably watch that, have it on the background, whatever. Um, my boys, Coastal Carolina, did work. They got a big, big bowl win. Um, so I'm proud of them. First bowl win in in, uh, in uh, university history, however you want to say it. Um, so that was a big accomplishment for us. To, no matter who we played, we played Northern uh, Iowa, uh, Northern Illinois. Sorry. Um, so I might be getting that wrong to be honest, but I can't remember. It's NIU or something. Northern Illinois. Yeah, I was right. Okay. So yeah, but anyways, but yeah, like the bowls just aren't the same. And I think that I mean, you look at the big games like Grant. I mean, not Grant. Uh, I just texted my friend. Sorry. <laughs> That's why I was thinking of that. Uh, Griff just said it best, you know, Ohio State or Utah. That's a big, can Utah, you know, match up against Ohio State? Is Utah legit against a team like that? I mean, yeah. those matchups, like Joe was saying, every year, um, I remember UCF, you remember those days, like UCF, are they good enough to be in the thing? And then they went and didn't, who they beat, Georgia? No, not Georgia. Is it Georgia? They beat somebody, and I don't know. It's, it's not important. Wait, wait, what, wait I, 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 I spaced out for a second. Which, which game are you talking about? CF, UCF, when they were like, Dominant, and then oh, they, I, I LSU. It was who? I think it was LSU. No, was it? They beat LSU in the Fiesta Bowl a few years ago, I believe. Okay, well, well maybe like Western Western Michigan went to the Cotton Bowl and like gave Wisconsin like a really tough game. I, I remember that too. Yeah, but you, the one I'm thinking of is UCF. But so I might Griff might be right. It might be LSU. I thought it was either like Oklahoma. I don't know. But anyway, but yeah, the, the, this is the chance for those teams to shine. And I think if you do an eight team playoff. Now you have a chance for, like, if they win a game, what could it do for college football in general? So I'm looking at it more like, yes, there's probably, like, two or maybe two maximum, maybe three teams that are even going to really be national championship contenders of being able to play multiple games. And I don't think – I'm not an advocate for more than eight. But I think you got Ohio State-Utah is a matchup this year, Notre Dame-Oklahoma State, no matter what I feel about Notre Dame and how they never achieve what what they're expected to achieve. But – uh, those are big games, you know, that are now going to, no one cares. Like, obviously, COVID has a lot to do with it, like Joe said. But anyways, that was just my point. I think there's the, the smaller games are going to be the smaller games. Like, that's like, you know, like the Duke's Mayo Bowl, which is North Carolina versus South Carolina. Only the fans of those teams are going to be able to really care about those games anyway. But, uh, and I wouldn't, if I'm a senior, I wouldn't play in those games either. I mean, they, don't, they, they really are meaningless. But the big games still have somewhat meaning. So, I mean, 
you have one last shot to play. Like, obviously, don't get yourself hurt. I get that. But that's a whole other argument. I mean, I'm, it's, I see both sides of that is what I'm saying. But, yeah, like, I agree. I think it has to go to eight for multiple reasons. But, um, but that's just a quick thought on that. No, I, 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 I understand where you're coming from. Like, a lot of the Bulls, I think they've lost their luster because you get so many guys that are opting out because it's like, oh, like, if, for example, Kayvon Thibodeau, who's not playing in, who, if Oregon had won, they would be in the Rose Bowl, and I think he'd play in that. But then you have him, because, like, tonight they're playing in the Alamo Bowl, and it's just like, oh, I don't care about that. I'm opting out. Uh, Charles Cross, projected top 10 pick, opted out of his bowl game, which uh, I don't want to get into because I bet Mississippi State the win, and they got their asses kicked last night. Um <laughs> Yeah, like there, I understand where you're coming from. I feel like the call it the playoff games are the ones where people get up for. I think the Rose Bowl people still get up for because obviously the Rose Bowl is that it's that luster to it. Like I feel like a lot of college football fans, for them, they feel like that's like the game you want to get to. I know too for Joe after reading the Kirk Herb Street book, um, Big Ten fans, it's their dream, and even Pac-12 teams, they want to get to Pasadena. Um, even too the Baylor Ole Miss game. Uh, that's a game too. I think if you're a football fan, you're going to love it. But if you're expecting a high flying big 12 game, uh, that's not the Baylor bears this year. So for as much as bowl season, yeah, has kind of lost the loss. It's luster a little bit because it's not as prestigious. I still think it does have the draw. My only concern is that when you see a random bowl game and I have two and the guys that are calling it, I'm like, okay, who are you? And who is this? Um, it sucks, but the one good thing to come out of bowl season this year, I don't know if you saw this, guys. Um, obviously, I don't know how big of a stoolie Phil is, but I know, Joel, you're a big Barstool guy, too. Um, so, you know how obviously Barstool is supposed to have the Arizona Bowl, right? Central Michigan versus uh, Boise State? They got canceled. Yeah. Well, no, here's the thing. Washington State was supposed to play the U in the Sun Bowl, the one in, I think it's in El Paso or something. And so, Miami had to back out because of COVID. So, Washington State was left without an opponent. And... So Central Michigan yesterday went on about a five-hour bus ride from Phoenix to El Paso, Texas. And instead of getting $175, to, uh, $175, excuse me, $175,000 for the school, they're now getting $2.275. So $2,275,000 as a school to pay out to play in the Sun Bowl. So talk about a change in fortune for the Central Michigan. Wow. Also, like if you had... If you had a bet on the Arizona Bowl as a part of a parlay, Portnoy, through his book, automatically marked that leg as a win, regardless, oh, like, obviously. Wow. Yeah, and one thing I'll say, too. Go ahead. Go on. No, was, no you're good. Mine's something different. Go ahead. I was just going to say, that's that's really nice for Barstool to be doing instead of getting those people to lose money. Hey, they're chalking it up as a W for the people. Yeah. And uh, what I was just saying, I was, I just been looking, like, like I said, I've been kind of out of it with, like, you know, for those that don't know, I work retail, so I'm in, you know, with the season and stuff, like, I can't follow a lot of stuff, but now I'm getting where I can check up. If I just check up my scores, there's been some, like, so Houston beat Auburn, wow, okay, and then UCF beat Florida, so, like, these, these teams are proving, like, okay, congratulations, you're in the big old, hard old SEC, we don't care, so that's... That's good. That's a good sign for Cincinnati, at least. Let's just put it that way. I know Cincinnati's playing the one powerhouse that no one wants to play, but no, it's it's fair though. No, it's a fair thing to say. Um, the only thing I gotta say about bowl season two, the other game I'm like kind of looking forward to is uh, Arkansas versus Penn State. Besides, which I think that is the I want to say the Outback Bowl. Uh, so oh, yeah, 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 it is the Outback Bowl. Yep. Yeah. 
but no, besides that, like, look, we're going to enjoy it. We're going to talk about it. Um, but anyway, guys, I think it's about time we move up. Also, too, before I before we move on to week 17 in the NFL, I just want to quickly mention the beat reporter who passed away. It, the story gets worse because his wife passed away uh, a year, either last year or in 2019. So they have a son that they both leave behind. And there is a GoFundMe to raise money for the kid that's already reached over $300,000, which includes donations from various NFL teams, including the Philadelphia Eagles owner who gave $10,000. So I'll put the link in the bio if you feel like donating to the, to the cause. Um, moving on to Sunday now. Uh, this is the time of year. Like, I like it, but I hate it because, look, Thursday night football's done. Uh, we got Sunday, and we have one game on Monday. But obviously next week it's going to be cool with Saturday, how we have the two games, two games on Saturday that are going to be win and get in, basically. But I'm going to start off quickly with this first game, Miami at Tennessee. Where, like, how do we feel about both teams? I mean, I think, uh, I don't know. I think Julio's going to be back. I think I saw that. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think Julio's playing. Um, that's the only thing I've seen as far as the, the Tennessee uh, uh, injuries. I know they lost offensive linemen in the last game, but they were able to beat San Fran. I don't know if those guys are coming back. This is a big game for the playoffs. So Miami... Miami's looking good. They've won seven straight, which is unprecedented. I mean, they're one and seven. Like their one win was against us, the uh, the Pats. So they were one. Then they lost seven straight, and now they've won seven straight. So they're eight and seven. So like it's it's a great story for Miami, regardless of bias or anything like that. But it has to come to an end eventually, right? So it's either going to come to an end this week, or I think you know next week against us. Like that's a big that would be a huge game if they beat Tennessee. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know where Tennessee – I still don't really know what Tennessee's at. I think Miami's – San Fran's a hard judgment because, like, they're kind of like a Minnesota. San Fran and Minnesota, like, one week they look like Super Bowl contenders, and the next week they look like first-round draft pick. Like, <laughs> you know, so it's like – maybe not that bad. But they, they just they just go back and forth is my point. So I don't know what that win for Tennessee says. And plus it was a Thursday night game, so, you know, hold it for what it, what it is. So I don't know. I think Miami going to Tennessee. Whoever wins this game is making the playoffs, in my opinion. I think if Miami wins, they're they're in regardless of next week. And I think if you know if Tennessee loses, I mean they're 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 cut. I mean Tennessee probably has more of a cushion to still make the playoffs. But Miami, this is a must win. They lose this game, they might even winning next week not get in. I don't know. It depends on how things work. But Miami can't lose this game and and think that they're going to get in next week. Like it's going to be too tight. I think. Um, so I think Miami has to win this game. So it would point me to Miami needs it more than Tennessee. So I would lean towards Miami, but that's just my initial thoughts. Yeah. I, Tennessee's always, they've kind of been like in like super up and down. Like they lose these games that you wouldn't expect them to, and then pull off, pull off these wins that you also wouldn't expect them to. Um, I know they've been hit by COVID and some injuries and that kind of thing. I mean, which team really hasn't at this point? Um, you know, on the flip side, you got the Dolphins, who I'm not going to go out there and say, like, two, all of a sudden, like, two is the guy and this and that. But what I can appreciate is they found a system where he can thrive in. And I think that's as as important as anything sometimes, not only in just football, but in sports, you know, putting people in a position to succeed. And they've kind of done that, and you know, hats off to them. Big win against New Orleans. Um, so yeah, I think this one this one's really a toss up to me. Uh, I'll probably ride with Tennessee. Um, eventually, I think that flame kind of burns out. But watch out because that Tennessee secondary is not good, 
and Waddle is very good. That's a very good point. Very, you know, very good points from Joe. Like, you're right. Um, my whole thing with Miami is when I look at their wins and losses, it's just they haven't beaten anyone that's been impressive over the streak. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that if you look at all the quarterbacks they've played, it's been backups, rookies. Um, Monday night, they played the depleted New Orleans Saints team. And without the pick six, that's still a very close football game. Um, that being said, though, if they do go out there and beat Tennessee on Sunday, it's going to say volumes about where they've come as a team. And you're right. I think this is honestly whoever wins this game is getting in. And my my only fear right now is that, and Big Rap brought this up to me months ago, Phil, from our perspective as Patriot fans, is that week 18, it's going to be Miami and New England and like winner goes in and like losers eliminated from the playoffs, which that, that scenario scares me, but hopefully all else happens. But I'm going to go with Tennessee to win this one, mainly too, because Phil, I don't know if you saw this for the past, but um, if my, if my, um, not Miami, if either Miami or Vegas lose and New England wins, New England's in the playoffs. That's all so I have what, to say about that. Say that one more time. If New England wins on Sunday, Phil, that means right. one of Miami or Vegas have to lose. If one of Miami, not has to lose, if one of Miami or Las Vegas loses their game, New England loses right. the playoffs. Five. And see, that's that's why. I, so I was right. So I didn't know that exact stat or that exact point. But what I was going to add to what you said about it being a winner, winner goes in. I don't think that's going to happen because unless we lose the Jags, we could lose the Jags. Things happen. Random. I mean, the Jags are playing for just heart. I, we shouldn't lose the Jags, but we'll get to that in a minute. But if we beat the Jags, like we're in. Like I, I mean, there's like there's even losing uh, against Miami. It's going to take a lot of tiebreakers and a lot of other people losing. To not get in, so I think Pats. All that Pats have to do is beat the Jags, and they're in, in my opinion. That's just not a person. That's not a bias. That's just in looking at it. Um, but like what you just said, you just said, okay, if they win, and then uh, this week they can clinch a playoff spot. So then, then if they clinch a playoff spot, honest to God, like this is a different year, right? So I don't want to go off this right now, but I'm just saying, like this is a different year. So as far as like resting players, as far like things like that, like COVID is a big thing, right? You don't want your players getting COVID and not being in the playing the playoffs. So that's going to be a big factor, I think, in playing players or don't playing players. Like, yes, New England is a team that needs momentum against Miami. This is just one example. There's going to be other teams that need momentum, but are they going to take the risk of losing momentum and and making sure, guaranteed, that their team stays where they're at? They stay. They just don't even let the like. If if they're playing away game, some of them might have home games. If they have home games that will be different. But are you going to really risk sending the any star players if you're already in? That's just a question I'm throwing out there, but like I, I don't know. I think some teams might. I haven't heard anything. I just think some teams might decide to leave certain starters at home. I, I I agree with you, but at the same time too, I think a lot of teams are still the fact that there's still so many teams playing for their playoff lives. I just don't see that. I maybe week 18 if like say if you have the number one seed clinch, no, but besides that, no, I can't only see it next week. Not this week, Griff. Only next week. Yeah, not this week. But yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, for me, that's one of those we'll cross that bridge when we get there kind of scenarios for me. That's all. I got you. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on to the next game. Uh, we lost Joe. If uh, We'll see what happens there. But um, Atlanta and Buffalo. I think Buffalo wins this game. I just can't see Atlanta winning. My. Oh, uh, all good. Guys, we lost Joe. Joe is gone for the rest of the show because his, uh, yeah. uh, cause of the, he's, he was on his phone and he is poolside. Joe, go, join in my, go enjoy Miami. Um, Phil, so the spread in Buffalo, Atlanta is 14 and a half points. Do the Falcons cover? Yes or no? 
Uh, I don't think they cover. Uh, well, they shouldn't cover. <laughs> is the the main thing is they shouldn't. But the Bills are notorious for winning. I mean, I, I I'm gonna sound like a homer, but I'm just gonna go off on, on that a little bit. Like they're notorious for being like, oh, they, like they lost to the Jags this year when they had no business losing to the Jags. Like is that was, was that a road game by the way? I can't remember. That was in Jacksonville, yes. So it was in Jacksonville. So I don't think that in my mind do I think they're gonna lose Atlanta? Hell no. Should they lose Atlanta? Hell no. I'm just throwing that out there as I feel it. Like this game may, I wouldn't shock me if, if like you know, but it is in Buffalo, so I think that they handle business and they cover and they they well the the Bills don't the Atlanta doesn't cover the spread is what I was answering your question. I think Bills win handedly. You know what? For me with this game, I think the Bills. I I think it's just as simple as that. I think the Bills take care of business here, and I I can see a world where people think like you know what? Hey, trap game vibes and everything like that. Uh, all that fun stuff. If you saw a message come up, uh, we'll, we'll get into that later. Um, but yeah, no, that's my whole thing here. I could see a potential trap game, but at the same time, too, I feel like because if the Bills lose this game and we win out, it's great because then we win the division. But you know what? At this point, I'm focused on getting it on the playoffs. And right. for now, look, let Buffalo win. And then for us on Sunday, we're a heavy, heavy favorite against Jacksonville. Um, I don't like that just for the sense of, look, I know there's a whole Belichick beats, uh, beats up on rookie QBs and Jacksonville is, uh, two and 13 on the year and we're nine and six, but there are so many times with the Patriots where there's all these games that look, we're supposed to win. And then we're in tight. Like, remember what happened to us against Houston earlier this year? Like, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm not holding out hope being like, you know what? We're going to kill them. We're going to just destroy them. We're going to do this, this, and this. Like, um, do I think we're going to win? Yes. But I'm not going to come out here and say we're going to be the dominant team. You know, I don't want to say that. No, and I think, I think Griffey, that, that's perfect. Because I think, I was thinking this while you were talking. Like, I was at the Carolina game for the, I think, I, I don't know if I've been on since then. I think I have. But, like, I was at that game. And that's a game that, like, had they had a competent quarterback, like that game would have been a lot closer, and it was already kind of close. Like, yeah, it was not. Re- they never really had a chance because we knew you, you, Carolina's offense wasn't a threat because they, Sam Donald was terrible. So, but like that game was still within reach as far as points wise, right? So I think that could could be that case with Jacksonville. But the only thing I'll say, even though they're this, the record does not uh, back this up. It's a lot harder to do that on the road. So like Houston, that was in Houston, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, right? it was in Houston. So that was in Houston. Those teams, like, it just happens – can ha- you can get trapped a lot easier when you're going on the road, if that makes sense. So, like, that's why I said about Buffalo. Had they gone on the road to Atlanta, maybe we see like, – because Atlanta's fighting for a playoff spot. So that's what I was getting at where Atlanta does actually need to win. But, you know, I still don't think they will. But going back to ours, like, Jacksonville's not fighting for anything except for Hart. They, they want to prove a lot – you know, proving that they're, they're better than, you know, uh, than what Urban Meyer, you know – pretty much put together or whatever so i think i think new england wins i don't think it's going to be a blowout or anything because i don't think new england is going to try to do that i think new england is going to get the win and move on like that's this game i don't want to say this game is meaningless i don't think bill belichick thinks this game is meaningless i'm not saying that but this is a win the game and move on it doesn't matter what you look like don't get players hurt like mac jones if you get a two touchdown lead take mac jones out at this point i mean he needs he needs the reps so obviously you would you wouldn't take him out till later in the game but like what i'm saying is like this is a game where you just need a win because if you win and then and we'll get to these other games, the two that you said we need either the Raiders, not both of them, just one of them, right? Yeah. Yeah, so either Miami has to lose, which is very possible. They're playing on the road against Tennessee. And then you have Vegas, and we'll get to that game in a minute. I don't want to spoil anything of my thoughts on that game against at Indy. So they're both playing on the road, Miami and Vegas. 
the fact that both of them would have to win on the road is very unlikely. So that's why I'm saying, like, me, I'll get to those games. I already picked Miami, but um, looking at those games, like, I think, at least I think I picked Miami, but <laughs> I keep I picked Tennessee. And I picked Miami, correct? If you remember. Uh, yeah, I believe you said Miami, and then we both went Buffalo, and then obviously we're both going with our boys here. Yeah. So, yeah, I got the pass winning. In bottom. I'm just saying I don't think Jacksonville is going to be able to show anything on the road. If we're going to Jacksonville, then maybe the game's a little close. Like, I think like they do against Buffalo, you catch teams off guard. This is a trap game in, in scenarios if it's a road game. But it's not a road game. It's at home. I know New England has the worst record at home in Belichick era, I believe, if that was the right stat. Um, so, but, but the pass are going to win this game. It's going to come – It's not, like I said, it's not going to come down for us to make the playoff because we're going to win, and, I, and we'll predict the next game, but uh, the next game that – has affected this, but, uh, so we'll see, but it could, maybe not, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it still comes down to not clinching it, but, uh, having to win next week. So we'll see. Exactly. My whole thing with this is I'm going to quote two songs. This game for me is just take care. It's like taking care of business and then on to the next one. That's all it is for me. Just business. (laughs) Exactly. That's why I quoted taking care of business by BTO. And then just like Jay-Z says on to the next one. That's literally all this is for me. Just like Play this game, win, get out of it, and you know move on to Miami. Um, next up is a good one though because it is Vegas and Indy. Um, like I said before, we need just one of Vegas and Miami to lose this weekend. Both teams still fighting for their playoff lives. Both are sitting at I want to say both are at eight and seven right now because both got wins this past weekend. Yeah. And um, yeah, because Miami right now is eight and seven. And because here's the thing with the a- AFC playoff picture, Indy's at nine and six. I don't know if you were talking about Indy, but. No, no, no. Indy's at nine and six, but you have Miami, Baltimore, LA, and Vegas all at eight and seven. That's four teams. So out of those four teams, only one is probably going to make it into the playoffs. I would say, and I, then, would, I would guarantee, yeah, only one. Yeah. Yeah, only one. Um, like we said, too, because the, the uh, next weekend, LA plays Vegas and the, the Chargers play the Raiders. That's going to be a very intriguing game. And then you also have, um, we'll see what happens with Baltimore down the stretch. Obviously, Miami, New England next week could be huge, but that's just what the pitcher is for now. As it goes to this game, the spread is six points. I'm going to say this right now. I'm going to give the Colts the win, but I'm going to give the Raiders the cover. I just Because you know how uh, Big Rat has said this, and we pointed this out earlier with Miami. Vegas, I feel like, is the same way. No matter if it's Oakland, no matter if it's Vegas, they always just seem to find a way to lose those games that they have to win. And, and here's the thing I'll say, though. I don't know if you know this, Griff, but I don't think Carson Wentz is playing. Yes. No, I do know that. He did test positive. Obviously, there's the new rules under the whole uh, CDC guidelines and everything, so we'll see what happens there. But right. as of right played, now, he's not playing. He's not playing as of right now. If he doesn't play, it just is putting more on the Raiders. I don't know what team we're going to get, though. The Raiders, early in the, as you guys know, before the season, like so much has happened in this season. It make This is one of the perfect seasons where making predictions is laughable <laughs> because like so much has changed. But I did have the Raiders as a playoff team. I didn't know the Gruden stuff, all those stuff aside. But when they played well this season, they looked really good. When they played bad, they looked really bad. So uh, no Carson Wentz. Like, all they have to do is play the run. Now, can they stop the run? I don't know the Raiders enough. Miguel could probably tell you how well they are against the run or whatever. But, like, shout out to our, uh, our fellow Raider fan friend. Um, but, like, I, I I think if Carson Wentz isn't playing, like, the it's – like, Indy has a lot on the line too. Like it, But, like, a new quarterback in there, it is at home – but I think this is a good a good chance for Oakland to win. Now, granted, if Oakland wins, then now we don't clinch, right? So I was just talking about that earlier. We would not clinch yet until next week. But I don't think that's really an issue. I still think I think I, I pick up like I got to pick with my football mindset, regardless of what my Patriots need. And uh, I I think that I think the Raiders win if Carson Wentz doesn't play. If he plays, then I'm going with the Colts. And I know like because I think that 
they can do their offense the way they want. A new quarterback in, I don't I mean, I don't know Carson Wentz threw for like he did a Mac Jones in one of the games they won. Oh, against us, I think, against right? Us, he, yeah, against, 57, yeah, he 57 threw, yards. He only threw like three or four passes or whatever. Yeah, so. Five for 12. What did you say? It was five for 12. Against us? Oh, okay. Well, he didn't throw a lot. He didn't complete a lot is what I meant. So, yeah, five for 12. So, he didn't throw that much. And that's their offense. That's how it runs. So, maybe they can do that with a guy and just insert him. So, I will say that the game's going to be close. I just think the Raiders pull it off because they, in a sense, need it more. But, listen, COVID, I'm going to use this game as an example. COVID is already affected things, right? They affected things last year. But this year could literally affect who makes the playoffs and who doesn't, like, in the end. Because Carson Wentz doesn't play this game. And they lose. Indy is now on the verge of being out. So now Indy plays. Uh, they finish against Jacksonville. If, okay, so they finish against Jacksonville at Jacksonville or at Indy. Uh, at Jacksonville. Okay, so at Jacksonville is a road game, nonetheless. But it, I mean, if they're going to finish against anybody, Jacksonville would be a good one. But it's still on the road. So this is for Indy. This is a, a lot of this is. What, I'm just getting excited talking about these games. These are huge games this weekend. So like. And next week weekend as well. But like this is the first step in the final two weeks of the regular season. We're getting into hot hot zone time, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the Colts without Carson Wentz is huge. Pat McAfee is when I actually broke the news for me. I was on YouTube. I hadn't been on Twitter all day because I was working and things like that. And I've watched his the the video with him because I always go back and watch some of the clips with the Pat McAfee show. Shout out to him. Um, but he was he was he talked about Carson Wentz being out, and it's like this. I don't think if Carson Wentz is out and Colts lose, the Colts would drop to barring obviously so New England in a sense in this scenario what we've talked about wins. Um, so the Pats would be nine and uh, would be ten and six. The Colts would be nine and seven. If Miami wins, they're nine and seven. So now in my scenario, the Colts would have would be I don't know about we'd have to get to the Baltimore game, but they could be they would be out this week if they lose. They could literally be out the playoffs currently if they lose. There is an there is a uh, a scenario because the Raiders would win actually yeah so they would be out. So the Raiders would definitely be above them. Ravens, I don't know, tiebreakers and stuff like that. I don't know how it works with multiple teams. Some uh, There's tiebreakers right here. The Ravens beat the Colts earlier this year, too. So if the Raiders and the Ravens hold tiebreakers, that would basically – a loss on Sunday could kill the Colts season effectively. Yeah, so that so I don't know if they could come back from a win next week because it wouldn't be in their hands anymore. So just that just goes to show you, like, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to get into this vaccinated, unvaccinated, whatever, but Carson Wentz is unvaccinated. He's – you know, unless the, the new protocol, I guess, is five days if you're on that, or is it still 10? Um, it's 10. apparently five if you're not showing symptoms. If you're showing symptoms, I still think it's 10. I think it's 10, which but, would guarantee he misses this game. Correct. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, let's let's just get moving on to the next game. Uh, I'm going to go quick on this one because I think we're going to go the same way. Bucks versus Jets. Um, give me a Buccaneers win, but uh, inside source on gambling. Danny has told me, don't be shocked to see the New York Jets cover the 13-point spread against. What is the spread? 13. Is it in New York or is it in Tampa? It's in New York. Uh, Bruce Arians is in COVID protocol. Uh, Mike Evans is in protocol right now. So we'll see what happens with those two. But um, I haven't fantasy, so I need to know if you, <laughs> that's a one I'm watching as well. So, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. But I, I still think the Bucs win because uh, this – but I, I'm also going to – I know I, I, I've never done this because obviously we love Tom. But I, I think this is a season – I don't think the Bucs are going to win the Super Bowl because you know, Phil, how – Every year in New England, whenever everything was looking up and great, we would lose. Right. I think the same thing's going to happen to the Bucs this year. Oh, no. I mean, I think – and I think – listen, listen. Like, 
that Bucks team is going is going is is one and done. And I'll say this, and I thought about this today. I've been an advocate for saying the Bucks are going back, right? But they no Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I, now you can correct me if I'm wrong when I say this stuff. Don't feel free to insert. Chris Godwin's out for the at least the regular season, correct? He's done for the season. He's done for the playoffs too. Yeah, he tore his ACL. Okay, so he is actually done for the playoffs. I couldn't remember if it was just regular, like he might could come back. I don't know because there's some weird things with IR now. Okay, so Godwin's done. So Godwin's done. Mike Evans could be in and out. I mean, who knows? I mean, whatever. But Mike Evans is just kind of like a deep. He's not like your every down. Like Brady, Brady's gonna force stuff to Mike Evans if he's the only one there. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I love Mike Evans. Had I love two, Gronk's had two really shit games. And Gronk is not the same, right? Gronk's not. Did Gronk even play last week? He That's did, but he barely did anything. Barely did anything, right? That's what I thought. Okay, I, didn't, I thought he was he was literally at least active for the game. I didn't get to watch the game, and I didn't saw any highlights with him. So, and I didn't look at the stats of that game particularly because it didn't matter to me. So yeah, so Gronk not having his safety blanket and Gronk, uh, Antonio Brown, the only guy they have. You just shut down Antonio Brown. Who else does he need to throw to? Also, Leonard Fournette is he out for the year or just out for the regular season? I'm gonna look that one up quickly because I I honestly don't know. Because I think Leonard. Leonard- one of those guys, I thought it was Godwin, but I think one of the guys is only out for the regular season, and he could come back in the playoffs. I don't know if that means week one. Like, the Bucs are not getting a first-round bye. That's the thing. The Bucs need a first-round bye. Now, I'm saying they're not going to get it. Maybe they end up getting it. I don't – I'd look at all some of these matchups. It's Fournette tough. is done. He uh, He's out – so he's on injured reserve, so he is eligible. He He's done for the regular season, but he could be back for the uh, playoffs. For the playoffs. Okay, so that's what – all right. So that's the – he it was him, not Godwin. Okay. So then that's another hit. Like, granted, the other guy looked good in the game. Uh, Vaughn, uh, I think, is he a rookie? Or I think he's a rookie or either. He's, like, a young younger player. Young player in the um, league, Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah, Keyshawn Vaughn. I couldn't remember his first name. So, yeah. So he may actually be a better running back anyway. So that's I, – I, we'll, we'll leave that alone. I mean, granted, he hasn't had the carries and the experience like Fournette. But when Fournette – they could probably do okay without him is what I'm getting at. So, anyways, what I'm saying is the Bucks. I don't think this Bucks team – I think this Bucks team could be one and done depending on who they play if they don't have a bye week. So, right now, currently, looking at the playoffs, they would play the Arizona Cardinals. They are losing that game. Now, the Cardinals, I have opinions on them. We'll get to that. But, I would yeah, – anyways, I'm going off a tangent. But what I'm saying is the Bucs are unhealthy or not winning in the playoffs. They're, Brady has to have somebody – and Antonio Brown being the only guy, and once again, Antonio Brown, the liar that he is, I'm sorry, I can't stand that guy. Never liked him in the, anywhere. Uh, it's not going to be reliable either. So I, I, I hate it for Tom. Like I think Tom, it's going to make Tom come back. I don't think Tom's going to want to end the season on this. Um, but I don't know. We'll see about that. But yeah, I, I think the I think the Jets could cover. I don't know. I'm not going to predict that because it's too close. But I, I won't think that's a far off bet. I've been talking to Danny. Shout out to Danny. That you just shouted out as well uh, about some betting options and stuff like that. Um, it's not legal in, in my state, so I can't really bet on it. But, oh, but yeah, the, you can. You probably just have to go to a casino to do so. Um, but anyway, like we said, you know what? If it, it could happen, we don't know. Uh, am I going to put it in my weekly IG reel TikTok video? Probably not. The next one I am though, because LA Rams and Baltimore. Um, I'm going to say this right now. Baltimore is my surprise team of the year for how bad they've been playing. Obviously, injuries aside and everything, they've went 0-4 in December, which is something you don't want to do. But 46.5 points, give me that over. This Baltimore defense isn't good. LA's capable of scoring points. Um, Lamar Jackson is practicing this week for the first time since getting hurt against Cleveland, but we'll see what happens here. But like I said, I think LA's finding a groove at the right time. And, man, Baltimore is going in the opposite direction. Yeah, and I think so. Another case, Griff, right? Another case where 
Well, I don't know if he's has been. Well, Lamar Jackson's been injured, not COVID, right? Yeah, he was injured. He has. Uh, he's been with a hurt. He didn't start the last two weeks because of his ankle. So it's not COVID's fault. But another example where like injuries are killing these teams' chances. Like the Ravens aren't making the playoffs. I agree. They're losing to LA. Like LA, regardless of what you think about them, they're good enough to beat this Ravens team, even if Lamar's is back. So. So, yeah, I, I think they I, – I, like, for the game set, I think they lose. But here's another scenario where the Ravens are now a team that should have been in the playoffs. Like, there's no excuse. They should have been in. But now they have injuries and COVID has, has affected other teams and them. So it's like there's another team that's going to miss the play- – so there's going to be a lot of good teams that people are going to think. So how they react next year is what I'm getting at is going to be a key, like in the offseason, things like that. The Steelers are a good example as well. Ben Roethlisberger is just terrible. That team's not terrible, though. I think that team with an, a competent quarterback – could right be right there in contention next year, but we'll get to that later. But but yeah, I, I think the Ravens lose. I think I think the Rams win this game easily, in my opinion. I do like the points, though. Like I said, I do like the points. Um, forty six and a half. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll probably take that too. Um, Lamar's healthy and back. Yeah, yeah, I take that. Exactly, and then also too in uh, Philadelphia at Washington. Um, Philadelphia, one of my surprise teams in the year for how good they've been. Philadelphia really finding their groove at the right time. Uh, if all goes their way, I believe they can clinch a playoff spot this week, considering where they were at the beginning of the season. Everyone thought this was a rebuild year. Um, they've really impressed a lot of people, including myself. And um, once again, I'm going to take them to beat the football team because, like I said, I think – or look – the football team got their embarrassed on Sunday Night Football last week, and the Eagles, like I said, they just they're finding the rhythm, they're finding their grooves at the right time. And also, too, if you need a fantasy running back for your championship, or in my case, your third round, third place matchup, go get Boston Scott. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, so yes, yeah, so I mean, Washington is just, I mean, they're one other COVID team that's just destroyed right now. So yeah, Philly's gonna win, and and I know Matt on Twitter we were talking about how Philly would be like the worst. I don't think they're the worst seven seed. I think we've seen a lot worse. Obviously, we haven't seen that many seven seeds yet, but Seahawks in 2010. That's what I said. Uh, that was exactly what I said. Seven and nine. That team did. I mean, that team was not as good as this Philly team. I, I agree with Ramey, who actually said that. Um, but anyways, not to go on that. I think Philly wins. Yeah, and right now holds the spot. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know enough about the NFC like future like games and all that stuff like that. But I mean, Philly looks to be the guy, the, the front runner. Like Atlanta, we have Atlanta losing. The Saints aren't going to win, so then it, the only person they have to compete with now is Minnesota. So who does Minnesota play this week? Minnesota we plays to- on Sunday night yeah. against Green Bay, which we'll get yeah. we'll get into in a minute. But yeah, like we said, look, Philly Philly's going to win this game. Uh, this next game, I don't even want to talk about. It's the Jets. It's the Giants and the Bears. Good lord. Um, really mean? Well, I don't say it means nothing, and I guess in the the draft scheme of things, it does. But well, if you're a Giants fan, you're hoping that the Giants. I feel like you want the. It's so confusing because I don't know if you know this, Phil, but the Giants hold the Bears' first-round pick this year because of the Justin Fields trade. So we'll see what happens there. But so you I'm actually gonna, would want to win, then. You would want to win. Yeah. You, so I guess you want the Bears to win, so you're spot. No, you, no, you want New York to win. You, you want the, who? Yeah, if you, want, you want the Giants to win because if, the Bear, if you have the Bears' pick, you, don't, you need the Bears to lose. Fair point. You fair yeah. point. I'm going Bears to win this game, though. I think that the Bears, like, I think the Giants are just a broken team right now. I think the Bears are a, um, and the Bears, too, if Nick Foles is starting again this week, which I think he may be, um, go with Big Dick Nick. <laughs> Big Dick Nick. <laughs> that's all I got to say. That's literally, that's literally all I have to say about that game. But the next game, the last one in the one o'clock window, a game, honestly, at the beginning of the year, I don't think pe- people would have thought as intriguing, but I do now. And it kind of sucks I have to miss it, but it is what it is. Um, 
probably asking, hey, Patriots football takes precedence. Yeah. Kansas City at Cincinnati. Ooh, huge game. I think game of the week, in my opinion. Bengals have been the surprise team of the year, in my opinion. They're 9-6. and six. They're first place in the division, only in their second year with Burrow. T. Higgins is taking a second-year leap. Joe Mixon's really good. Jamar Chase. I know I love Mac, but I'm, I, I think i got to start leaning towards Jamar Chase for Offensive Rookie of the Year. This is a game right here. Um, I think it's more uh, – this is a game, honestly – I can see it. So the spread is at five points right now, but I'm going to say this chiefs win Bengals cover chiefs win, but Bengals cover what's like the, the Bengals spread? lose a heartbreaker, you know? Yeah. What's the spread again? Five points. So let me, let me just say this. I know we do this a lot and you can't overanalyze this a lot, but the wins that the Bengals have in the last, like, and I'm not going to go to the beginning of the season because it's it's a different game. So going from the Raiders, they beat the Raiders. They killed the Raiders. So they're killing these teams. They killed the Steelers. But then they lost. They got pretty much beat the hell by the Chargers. And then the Niners game was close, but they lost to that one. And then they beat the Broncos barely. And then they smashed the Ravens, which they did in the beginning of the season. They've done that so, twice. They've done it twice. So I think they have the Ravens number 100%, right? They're the best in that division, without a doubt. I believe that. I think – I don't know if I picked the Cincinnati Bengals to win it all or win the division before the year, but obviously we didn't know what the Ravens would be. I think we were all on Cleveland, to be honest with you. Were we on? I don't think I was. I was. We'll look. We'll I look. Yeah, I was on Cleveland. Cleveland. That is true. Um, that division is, I mean, that's a tight division, even healthy. Like, that's, I mean, look at them. They're all close to 500, if not above it. So, but yeah, the Bengals, I just don't, I don't think they have it, what it takes to beat the Chiefs. But if they beat the Chiefs, that, or at least come, or at least lose a heartbreaker. And they could play them again because they're going to play. They're playing them at home this time. Yeah, so it's they, in Cincinnati. Yeah, so they'd have to go to uh, Kansas City the next time unless they win this game, which even then I still think it's slim. Um, but like, because I don't, Kansas City can probably clinch it with a win, clinch the number one seed. I don't remember, but uh, yeah. So Cincinnati, I think, yeah, I, th- I think Cincinnati it will make this semi close, but I think Kansas City wins and pulls away for sure. Um, if Tennessee, I believe, so if since if Kansas City wins, I'll go to twelve and four. And then if uh, Tennessee does win, they'll be right a game behind them. So I think if Tennessee, so I think it's basically if Kansas City wins and Tennessee loses, then Kansas City will clinch. But I think if Tennessee wins and Kansas City wins, they'll probably clinch next week when they play Denver, unless uh, ten- unless Kansas City were to lose here. But no, I think this is a game where you know what Cincinnati loses a heartbreaker, like you know, like a last second Kansas City field goal, like give me twenty seven to twenty four somewhere in that range. And, and also, I, I, we're talking about Cincy a lot, but Kansas City's also just – they're peaking now. Like, they looked awful in the year, but that's, here's the issue. It's seven because, in a row? You can, they, they have one seven in a row? Wow, I didn't know it was that many. Okay, but they looked awful for a long time. But once you get healthy, once you get it together, get it figured out. Eight, my bad, eight in a row. They won eight in a row? Yeah. So there's a lot of teams – yeah, they have. So that's a lot of teams, and and some of those teams they beat have been good. So I'll give Kansas City the credit with that. Like they beat Dallas, they beat uh, a Chargers team that's kind of like in the middle there, or like almost at the cusp. Can I list them off? Huh? Can I list them off for you if that's okay? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I was looking at it, but go ahead. Yeah. Giants, Packers, Raiders, Cowboys, Broncos, Raiders, Chargers, Steelers. The only game in there where I look at them like E is the Raiders because they killed the Raiders forty-one to fourteen, and. 48 to nine that wasn't even close yeah so but i think that's because they're far and above those guys so like who do they play that would potentially be someone that could stop them down the cowboys are the only team and they won by 10 but i want to say Dak didn't play that game 
No, I don't think no Dak played that game. It's just they weren't 100. percent That was a really that was a really weird game too for for them. It was like a low scoring game. Dak really didn't do much. I think they were. I think Dallas was without someone. I can't remember off the top of my tongue though. But like I said, I think it's. I think it just is. It is what it is. But I think too. I'm going to say this right now. A loss, I think, would not hurt the Chiefs. I think everyone kind of says right now, you have to be dominant going into the playoffs. You have to do this, this, and this. But whenever I think about it, and as we come up on the second year anniversary of the podcast this Sunday, since I recorded episode one on January 2nd of 2020, um, Phil came on here and said a take that, remember, the Baltimore Ravens were going to lose the divisional round playoff game. I did. Yes. The same thing if they if they roll if say if they roll into the playoffs at 13 and 4 and everyone thinks they're unstoppable you know they've won 10 in a row I'm just saying a little adversity in November and December does not kill you yeah and I agree and here's my point about to add on to that do I think you can pick like actually pick on paper and in, in the end of the day going into the playoffs we'll see what happens this week and next week obviously but at this point do you think is there anybody that you can pick other than Kansas City confidently no but maybe like, Green Bay Maybe no, Green Bay. AFC side. AFC side only. Oh, AFC side? No. No, I can't I can't pick anyone confidently. And I would love to see my team in LA. And I know there's the matchup that gives everyone nightmares, which I think you know what it is. But I honestly, dude, this is the reason why I love this season so much. The amount of parody that is involved and the amount of the unknown that exists where no one knows exactly who's gonna do what or who's gonna win. Right. No, exactly. And I think that's that's the thing. Like um, you know, I think it just proves that like, you know, anything can happen. And then also though that, you know, you just have to I lost my train of thought, but, um, I just, you know, it happens. But anyways, what were you saying? The last, let's repeat what the last thing you said and it might remind me, I, I'm drawing a blank. It's Basically just the whole that lay losing in December, losing right. in no, losing in December doesn't kill you. No. And I think, so, and my, and my thing is this, I think Kansas, so what you said is great. Like, I think if this, this game is close. It would show like okay, how if it's not close at all and Kansas City blows them out, then it's like okay, well Cincinnati just can't play against like solid solid teams, because um, like I mean we, we just read off about that, and Kansas City's on a roll. But you know this more than ever, like we've been in streaks before where you haven't lost since like forever ago, and it's like once you get down, like obviously Kansas City, I don't know if they've been down, they probably have been down in that stretch maybe in a couple of those games, but like. Once you haven't lost in forever, you forget how it feels. Like <laughs> I know it sounds stupid, but like that's what got the Ravens. Then the Ravens end in a in a huge win streak. They rested starters. They had a they had a break and then faced a hot team. So basically, what happened to them was yeah, they started this year off two and two. They won twelve straight. Week seventeen did not play a single like a single offensive starter that's like a weapon. Like Lamar didn't play. A bunch of other people didn't play. I can't remember who was on the team off the top of my head. And then they played Tennessee, who took care of us in the wild card round. And then you came on here and said Tennessee's going to beat them, and Tennessee walked all over them. Wasn't even close. Now I didn't, I didn't predict that part, but that's the thing. Like, all right, so you're going to have teams like, okay, Indy was hot. Now, granted, COVID just ended that. And I don't think they're going to be hot anymore. But like, you have, you had New England. New England was hot. Boom, Indy ended that. Right now, Indy's the new hot team. Now, Indy just, just got a hit. If Indy loses to the Raiders, they're not the hot team anymore. Now, Kansas City's the hot team, right? Like the hot team is like circulating with two weeks ago, right? So if you're the hot team, Kansas City, say Kansas City does wh- whatever the score is, but let's just say they they handle business for the most part, two touchdowns at least over Cincinnati. Then next week, do they play starters? Do they have to play starters? They probably will, I think. Well, I don't know if they. You, you said this about those. Anyways, regardless of that, 
if they they may not have to play all their starters, or whatever, like depending on when they play, all that kind of stuff, and will they whatever. So if they rest starters, right, trying to make sure they're healthy, and that's literally Baltimore all over again. Like if because to me, I would I'm predicting ahead of time if this happens the way this is going, the same way as Ravens, and the Kansas City team is there, and then there's that whatever the team is, I don't know what team it is. Miami, it could be Miami, it could even be us. I don't know, but a hot team going in that has to play a game before them and then plays them. It could be the same scenario again. Exactly. Like, we're not saying it's going to be. It's just saying, right. like, hey, if this happens, Phil and I wouldn't be shocked. It depends um, on who. Like I said, it depends. Like, Tennessee, I thought, matched up. What Like, Tennessee was playing hard-nosed football. The Ravens were this powerhouse tossing football. And they don't know how to play tight, close-game football. So that's why I picked. Like, they weren't. They hadn't seen that yet. And so exactly. I knew Derrick Henry was going to run all over them. I didn't think it was going to be a blowout, I'll admit. But I knew – I was so confident in that game. Didn't shock me at all the way it went because, like, yeah, the blowout part of it. But the point is they won. Like, I knew without a doubt Tennessee was going to win that game because it just makes too much football sense. Like, and the same thing will happen to Kansas City. Kansas City is getting hot when it matters. If they have to sit, they will no longer be the hot team anymore. So it just depends on who they face. So just want to let that out there for the fans that are listening and and guys like that, you know, are listening that were like, where am I coming from? I can't believe he's going to do it again. I will wait and see. To, it's all case by case and look if this year isn't evidence of it at all it changes week to week you cannot overreact on monday you cannot have monday overreactions exactly but that's the thing about the nfl it's always overreactions um with that comes the end of the one o'clock slate now the four o'clock slate this week is loaded there are five games first one up is denver at the la chargers I want to go De- – for some reason, I want to go Denver upset because L.A. is that same sort of team, you know, where – look at last week. Everyone thought they were going to take care of the Texans, beat them no problem, and they got their butts whooped by the Houston Texans. I think the L.A. Chargers are just that team where, look, when push comes to shove, they don't know how to respond properly. Yeah, I, th- I just think they're still young. I don't know if they're – I don't know what the issue is yet. It could be a coaching problem or it could not be a coaching problem. It could just be a talent problem. I don't know. But – Herbert's amazing. Like he has some issues. Like I think every quarterback's not perfect, and I think we like to crown these quarterbacks when they start doing well. But Herbert had, like Herbert has had, has shown some great things, and he's shown some bad things, and I've seen it firsthand. So I don't know what the Chargers' identity is yet. They're, I think they're still trying to figure it out. Um, I, I'm not gonna say it's the coaching just yet because I think the coaching has helped Herbert, or the head coaching, anyways. Um. But, I, I mean, I, I think they win this game, but I agree with you. Like, I don't trust this team right now, and they're not going to make the playoffs like like they should have made. Like, I'm pretty sure we picked them to make the playoffs preseason, or some of us did. So, uh, yeah, so I, I, th- I think they win the game, but um, I would not be shocked if it's close or and also not shocked if it's, you know, if Denver was to pull it off. I'm going to go I'm gonna go with an L.A. win, but a Denver cover. I think that there's – I wouldn't be shocked if there was, like, an outside chance that the Broncos did win this game, though. Oh, right. Exactly. Broncos also beat them earlier this year, too, in Denver. Exactly. I was going to, I was, I remember that because I was going to say, I think Denver won the last one. So, yeah, exactly. And the next game right here, this team is a huge underdog. They're on the road. The Houston Texans are going to San Francisco to play the 49ers. But Jimmy Garoppolo's hurt and Trey Lance is playing quarterback. He is playing. Okay. All right. The Houston Texans give me them. 12 and a half points to cover that spread. I think there's a chance the Houston Texans win this game. I think San Francisco, like, they're a good team, but they're like, I just, without Jimmy, I can't, I just can't. I don't know what it is. Like, the San Francisco, because San Francisco is one of these teams. When they are healthy, scary. they're rolling, they're scary. 
when they get hurt, they're not a good football team. We've seen that. Because if you also look at them, too, they've all but one of Kyle Shanahan's seasons have been under 500. They're eight and seven right now. So we'll see what happens down the stretch. They have the Rams after this. But I don't know if I think the Texans can win this game. But I'd love the Texans to cover the spread. And this could be a very close game. I think this is one of those games, you know, where everyone kind of thinks, hey, we're going to trap people and think that Houston's going to win no problem, you know? I think I think they definitely cover the spread. I, I agree with that. I think Houston's kind of found their identity at least enough to to where they can beat an injured San Francisco team. Trey Lance doesn't have enough like full game experience. Like he doesn't have starting. Like is this his first start technically, or did he? He started at one game against the Cardinals. I want to say, and he may have started another one, but he, he did not look all that good. So that's why I'm saying it. But I will say this about San Francisco though. Yeah, bounce back season from your boy. Mr. Gamecock, Demo Samuel. Samuel, he was. I'll look. Actually, I'll look at that. You said that. I'll look it up real quick. But he was the leading receiver in the freaking league. So come at me, bro. He went. I'm in. So I'm in two different leagues right now. And like, there's four leagues I'm in. Two I didn't make the playoffs, and one I'm in the championship round. Last week, as soon as he got he, if you look at his fantasy numbers, he's yeah. only had single digits twice this entire year. Here's the thing, too, Doug Griff. Let's let let's let let's let let's let him in on that because I have Debo on my championship target team. Shout out to my, uh, I'm in the championship. Um, didn't have a good season in the in my other two leagues, but we won't talk about that. But Debo Samuel in most leagues was taking after Brandon Ayuk. Most leagues he was taking after Brandon. Like I don't know about your leagues, so I don't know. But in my, every one league I had, I actually took Debo after Brandon. So. Unbelievable! I I I wish I was more high on him and had him in every league because I think I would have been winning a lot more. But uh, I'm glad I took him in one league, and he's actually fourth in receiving yards now. He's not number one. Uh, number one, if you could guess, is Cup. Two is just Justin Jefferson, and three is uh, Devontae Adams currently. So, so he's fourth currently. But I mean, that's some pretty good class there. But yeah. Um. Anyway, on to the next game. Another game right here, important for the playoffs. 4:25 start. Now we're in the 4:25 slot. Look, actually, I'm going to skip this game. I got to go to the next game. Because yeah. this one's a little, this one's a piece of shit game. That is Detroit. No one cares. Versus Seattle. No, no one even, cares. No I'm going to say this though. Literally doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. Watch the Detroit Lions win this game. I w- honestly wouldn't be shocked. I mean, do you want to know what their record against the spread is this year through 15 games so far? What is it? I think they're either 11 and four or 12 and three when it comes to covering the spread. They've won two games, but they've covered the spread 11 times. They always make people think that they're not going to cover. The only hey, two times they didn't. Yeah. I gotta, I'm going to look up their spread record while you go on. Yeah, well, no, I was going to say, while you're looking that up, I'm looking at their games and at least box score. Now, granted, I don't care about Lions games, so I don't know a lot of these. But outside, outside of the, when they played the really good teams, okay, they got destroyed by the Packers. They got destroyed by the Bengals. But every other game, I mean, Rams was even. And they got destroyed by the Eagles as well. So, whatever. Only lost by three to the Browns, two to the Bears. They tied the Steelers. They uh, barely lost two points by the Vikings, 10 to the Bears early in the year, two to the Ravens early in the year. So four to the Falcons last week. So, I mean, maybe the Lions are better than we – I mean, obviously they're terrible, but I'm saying, like, maybe they're not as terrible. Maybe they're not that far. All they need is a couple – a little push. To quote my favorite movie, all you need is a little push. They're ten and five on the year, which is the fourth best record against the spread. Third is India at ten and five. Green Bay is eleven and four, and Dallas is twelve and three. So that's all I'm saying. Look, hey, I think they can win. They may, but man, seven points against Seattle. Give me that. Give me. Uh, give me a, a Detroit Lions cover. 
I give me that too. I, and give me the Detroit Lions win. I, I don't. Seattle's done. Russell Wilson might be. That might be the last year that you ever see him in in Seattle. Oh, I, Seattle's rebuilding. They're they're going to be bad for the next couple of years. Sorry, Alex Larson. Sorry, um, Alex. The game we skipped, and I want to get back to, is Arizona at Dallas. Five, Dallas is a five and a half point favorite, and you know what? I know I love. I really like the Cardinals, and I like Kyler Murray, but I think Dallas is just finding it at the right time, and I think that. I know Arizona's in the playoffs, but they're going in a bad direction. Just I, I really like the Dallas Cowboys to win this game and cover. Give me like a Dallas Cowboy, like a 31 to 21 victory. Honestly, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I think Arizona looks terrible. Murray does not. Murray's still talented. And he can do what he can. But without Hopkins, that team's not the same. Like, yeah, I picked up Zach Ertz because Zach Ertz is numbers has actually gone up. He's in my he's my tight end for my championship league because like the league I'm in the uh I'm in the championship is because like he has no one else to throw to like without Hopkins, there's just no one that is on the level of, you know, so Ertz is getting care. You know, I just, I don't think now granted, maybe they figure it out, but I, I don't think they figure it out against Dallas. I think Dallas wins pretty easily unless there's some kind of COVID issues there. Um, but yeah, I, I got Dallas covering for sure. Or, you know, making sure they cover the spread or whatever, but yeah, exactly. I think it's Dallas is winning that. Um, Next up, Carolina at New Orleans. Um, this is tough to tell because I want to see who's starting for New Orleans. We haven't seen if Taysom or Simeon are out, are out of protocol yet. Carolina announced Sam Darnold, but you know what? Give me the Saints on a bounce back. I think the Saints. I think there's a chance the Saints can run the table and get into the playoffs and finish nine and eight on the year. I, I this is something about this game. I think the Dome's going to be rocking Sunday afternoon. This game got flexed to the four twenty five. Uh, give, give me give me the Saints to win this game. That's all I have to say. I have nothing else to put on this game. Also, because Carolina is just horrible. Yeah, they're they're done. They, they they need a, their offensive line. By the way, just to give a little bit of credit off of Sam Darnold is terrible. Literally depleted. It's terrible. Uh, their offensive line has got to get fixed. Um, I've heard some people go for the coach's head. I don't think it's his fault. I think you got to fix the O line first. It's just the, I mean, if you haven't learned that yet, guys, it, the games are won in the trenches. Like Joe said it earlier today. Griff has said it multiple times. I've said it like. You don't have an O-line. You're not going anywhere. Patrick Mahomes got embarrassed in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl because he had zero offensive line in that game. Granted, he faced a really good D-line, so that's even worse. That's why that's why it was the worst-case scenario for him. But that's for Carolina. Like, Sam Darnold isn't a good quarterback, but he's having to try more because, you know, he's her- you know the offensive line is terrible. But anyway, it could be the last we- – Cam Newton might be done. Um, that's another note for Carolina. This could be his last, like, if he gets to come in at, at all – um, but this could be the last time we ever see Cam because it doesn't. I mean, unless they they give it one more year and they, get, they give him another, they give him off the line or something, let him start while the rookie whoever they draft. Um, but yeah, I, I got Saints winning this game. Um, I I don't like you said you don't know who's starting. I don't know if Taysom Hill's gonna be healthy, but uh, I don't know who they're trying to go with. I don't know who Simeon is it Trevor Simeon who who they would probably go with I guess if he's healthy. Both were in protocol. That's why I said I don't know who's starting. It's just when it comes down to things. I trust the Saints. I also have the Patriots for some reason. Um, I trust the Saints more than I do the Panthers. That's all. I, I agree, and I think they. I do think they. I've just said that the the D line for the Saints is enough, is good enough to win it. So, low, um, low scoring, ugly football. Let's just put yeah, ugly that. football. I wouldn't watch this one. <laughs> so yeah, I got Saints winning. Exactly, and then Sunday night football, eight twenty, Packers and Vikings. Um, I'm gonna sound crazy. Give me a. I I I was gonna say get sound crazy. I want to go Vikings upset, but I like I don't. But if you look at the Packers' recent track record, they've won so many close games. Like they barely beat the Browns. 
They barely beat the Tyler Huntley Ravens. Um, like, yeah, in their last two, they won 31 to 30, then 24 to 22. I'm not going to say a Vikings upset, but I'm going to say a Vikings cover the six and a half point spread kind of game. And the Vikings, last time they played, now it was in Minnesota. That game was close. So, they won. Huh? The Vikings oh, beat the, the Packers. Vikings won. That's right. The Vikings won. Yeah, yeah. So I think the Packers do win because it's at home. But I think it's close. I, that Packers defense is atrocious, yo. Like, it, they gave up 30 points to the Bears, 28 to the Rams, 30 to the Ravens. A Ravens that did not have Lamar, as you mentioned. Uh, they lost to the Vikings and gave up 34 points. Like, that defense is not – like, they shut out Seattle. Congratulations. They lost us to the Chiefs, which I think that was a COVID game. I, I think Aaron Rodgers didn't play. Um, but their defense is, is – we're looking at late in the stretch. Early in the year doesn't matter. Their stretch right now does not look good. So I I don't know about – I don't know. We'll get to the playoff predictions later. But I, I think Packers win this game, but I don't think their defense is, is, is where it needs to be to, to win in the, in the NFC. Yeah, exactly. That, that's just my thoughts. And, I, and also, too, when it comes down to it, I think the Vikings are just – it's like Vikings are another one of those teams that they just lose those heartbreaking games that they are supposed to win. Like this is a must-win game for the Minnesota Vikings, and I don't, I just can't see them rising up to the occasion. Can I see them covering the spread? Yes. Do I see them winning? No. Um, and then Monday Night Football to finish things off. Uh, Browns at Steelers. Um, this is the last Monday Night Football game of the year. Now I know we have the Monday Nighter playoff game and uh, on January seventeenth, but. When I look at this game right here, I just look at it and I'm like, I I just don't care for it. Like the like I understand. Look, it's gonna be very sentimental. Probably Big Ben's last home game in Pittsburgh, all that stuff. There's gonna they're gonna roll the carpet out for him. But ugh, Cleveland's done. Pittsburgh's done. I think it's gonna take miracles for these teams to get into the playoffs. Just, I mean, I'll watch it, but I don't totally care for it. I have no desire. I'm glad you. I'm worse than you are because I have no desire to play the, to watch this uh, this game. This. Like you said, they're both done. Cleveland, I mean, Baker Mayfield should not be on the field. I'll say that from the day, like, whatever. You want to keep playing him, fine. But keep hurting him. Like, he's gonna, you're going to lose him and have to start all over again. But whatever. That's Cleveland. I'll let them do what they're going to do. They, they're ruining him. But he's not healthy. He doesn't need to be out there. But whatever. That's just my opinion. But I don't care. I guess I would pick Cleveland to win. But, well, it's Big Ben's last game at home. So, that's – I'll go with Pittsburgh to win, actually. Uh, to make it interesting. I'm going to go Pittsburgh to win just because, you know, like that whole sentimental thing where it's like so he can kind of ride off into the sunset. Then they play ball there in Baltimore next week. So whatever happens there happens. But I, I personally just like Pittsburgh. The I like uh, I, I like Pittsburgh to win this game. Just flat yeah, out. And I, even if they win this week and next week, I still think they missed the playoffs. So I think it's they're one of those teams where they need like, OK, well, you have to do A and B and you need C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, elemental P to happen. Right, so they would need to win, win out, which, okay, let's just say there's odds that they could win out, right? Nine, seven, and one, they would finish. Nine, seven, and one. And then you have, we already looked at, okay, well, New England's going to be in, right? Essentially, based on what we've said, they'll be in with 10. So out of the wild card rankings I see right here, so those Colts, Patriots, Dolphins, I think the Colts and the Patriots are both going to make it. So that means then. There's only there's one two three four five six teams. I would also I'm gonna throw Denver in there just just for the hell of it. There are six teams competing for effectively one spot. One spot, yeah. I would say three, but Unless, I, I can't see, I can't see Indy and I can't see the Patriots losing out. I can't see it. If it happens, it happens. But as it goes right now, I think look, you have seven teams competing for one spot. Yeah. Well, here's the thing though. So Indy loses. I have Indy like. I don't know if I officially. I think I did have. Yeah, I said they lose if Carson Wentz doesn't play. 
Carson Wentz doesn't play and they lose. They'd be nine and seven. They'd win the next week against Jacksonville. They'd be ten and seven. Ten and seven. Like Pittsburgh can't get ten wins, so they they can't match them, right? Yeah. So, um, Miami, if they win this week, they're nine and seven. If they lose next week, they're nine and eight. They could beat them because they would only have seven losses. So Miami, they beat Miami. They'd beat the Ravens. They'd beat the Chargers. The Raiders would be a win against the Colts. Uh, who they played the last week? The Colts finished with Jacksonville. No, the Raiders. Oh, the Raiders finished with the Chargers. That that's going to be. That game could either be for a lot or that game could be for nothing. Right. So then at that point, well, we don't know. So let's just say Chargers win this week. Even I think we I picked them, but we're not shocked if they win. So if Chargers won this week and Raiders won, they'd both be nine and seven. So winner of that game is in. So at that at that point, based on that, if New England was to beat Miami, if, if New England loses to Miami, Miami's in. So if Miami beats New England, they're in. If they win this week, obviously. We're just based on I'm basing off of my picks at least. You pick Tennessee. So if you pick Tennessee, it'd be a little different. But so, yeah, Steelers need a lot. <laughs> this is what we're getting at. They need a lot, yeah. Exactly. So, you know what? These, these, this next week and a half is going to be very interesting. And then also, too, because remember, we have the two uh, – sat. so next weekend we're going to have the two Saturday games, a 4.30 and an 8.15 kickoff, both games with playoff implications. I'm looking at the schedule right now for that. I could see – I could easily see um, – San Francisco, L.A. being one of those games, and the other one potentially maybe New England, Miami, if both teams haven't clinched yet. But if New England clinches this weekend, I can't see it being that. The only, uh, the only other one I could see maybe is maybe Dallas and Philly. They haven't announced the two games yet. They're going to wait till after this week. Is that what they're doing? I think they're going to probably announce them. I would have to say, you know how there's a like window either I – I was going to say either the window between the 425 games and the Sunday night game – or at halftime of Sunday Night Football, I think that's when that news will break of what game. I got you, yeah, because they got to they got to announce them before Sunday's over, I would think. Exactly, I think the teams will get notified, and then it will become public knowledge. I would say either Sunday night or Monday morning. What's your prediction of the two games? Like, just predict. Let's just predict and see if we can get it right. But I'm gonna say San Francisco and L.A. The Rams and the 49ers, and the other one I'm gonna say Dallas versus Philadelphia. One thing I'll say, I, I'll assume it's one AFC and one NFC. I can't imagine they get two NFC games. I, I, I can't either, but you never know. That's the only thing. Well, I would say, yes, New England-Miami, if Miami beats Tennessee. So Miami has to beat Tennessee for that to happen. And New England has to not clinch. If New yeah, England my, clinches, they're not going to get – they're not going to put – it has to be everything – they want to put an everything on the line game where if someone wins, they're in kind of thing, right? That's I would think that's what they would want to do on Saturday. Maybe not, but at least my, one of them. I do have another outside pick for that. Sorry to cut you off. And that is um, another one I have that you could throw in there is Baltimore Pittsburgh. That's true. Cause that could be for it. I mean, that could be, a, yeah. Um, but I would, I mean, based on my picks and stuff, because like I said, New England's still going to have Miami's going to be in the hunt and New England won't have clinched a playoff spot yet, but they'll pretty much be in. So I think New England Miami is probably going to be one of them. Uh, my other prediction. So I, I, to go with what I said, it would have to be an NFC game. Um, the one you said was good. It's probably the only one because the uh, yeah. Let's see. I'm just making sure. Tampa, Carolina. No. Uh, yeah, it would probably be Dallas, Philly. I would think so. Two division games on Saturday. That's big money. I mean, that's or San Fran, L.A. That's a good choice as well. Um, New Orleans, Atlanta is another one to look into as well. Said what? New Orleans, Atlanta. I think Atlanta would have to beat Buffalo for that to matter, though. No, but if the Saints are in a winner go, uh, if the if the Saints are in a situation where it's like, hey, win and you're in. Yeah, but Atlanta won't be though, so that's why I think I don't I don't know. But you might be right. I mean, they they can't put every game there, so 
or Chargers Raiders. That's the only other one I can think of. I just can't see them putting two West Coast teams in there. Right. If they pull two 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 games that are like playoff defending, then they need Sunday games to also have that. So, because you don't want to have well, you know, well you pull two. So based on what we say, how many games would there actually be where the team like where both teams need to win? So like New England, Miami, Dallas, Philly. And, you know, Jacksonville has isn't playing for anything. Pittsburgh, my uh, Steelers, Baltimore, uh, Los Angeles Raiders. Raiders would would yeah that would possibly be, and then San Fran and uh, L A. So that's five that both teams like Denver's technically if Denver wins, but we don't have Denver winning. So they're also Denver playing the Chiefs though. That's the thing. No, that's what I'm saying. But like I'm saying, if Denver beats the Chargers this week, then yeah, then we replace the Charger game with the Denver Kansas City game because Denver would need to win to get to get in. Um. So yeah, so like those two games are so about five or six games, but usually just really just five. There's just one game that switches back and forth with the other depending on the results. So it's gonna be. It's, I mean, God, as you can tell, we're talking forever about football because we love it. Like it's this is the hot, the hot season. We're ready, and I think it's anyone's not anyone's game particularly, but it's it's a wide open Super Bowl in my my opinion with Tampa and with their struggles and Kansas City's early struggles. So, um, not to mention we talk about Madden. Are you still there? Yes. Okay. Not to, not to mention, we talked about Madden. I was thinking about this as well when I looked through the Madden covers again, just reminiscing and stuff. This year's cover has both Mahomes and Brady in it, so wouldn't it be fitting that in Madden's passing, hit the Madden curse hits both of them? <laughs> so, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I, I, like I said, that's that's that will be the interesting thing if the Madden curse hit them both, and they, the Madden curse was they just didn't make the Super Bowl. Um, and so we got a match. Everyone thinking the Kansas City Tampa rematch, or either Tampa somebody or Kansas City somebody, and we got neither of that. We get like Green Bay, Indy, or we get New England, Green Bay, or New England, LA Rams again, or something random. I'm not saying New England. I'm just saying the Kansas City team, uh, Tennessee versus uh, somebody or something like that. Oh, um, yeah, exactly. We'll we'll, we'll we'll cross the bridge when we get there. The only other thing I see right now is I'm scrolling Twitter. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo says he feels confident that he may be that he will be able to play on Sunday. So we'll see where that goes. It's obviously only Wednesday, so we'll see where where we go down that rabbit hole. Um, the only thing I got to ask Phil quickly before we wrap up: Spencer Rattler to USC. My thoughts? Just just a quick thought on it. Quick thought on it. Uh, I hate the kid. I hate the kids a little. That's a little harsh. I don't care for the kid because I think he got cocky and he got humbled real quick in Oklahoma. But Beamer recruited him. So Beamer was the one that recruited him to Oklahoma. So if anyone's going to be able to get him straight and, and, and revive his career, it's Beamer. So I believe in Beamer. I really do. Even though I haven't been able to watch as much Gamecock football this year, but um, I think, I think it's, it's a promising prospect. I don't, I'm not sold on it. I'm, I'm just willing to trust Beamer to see what it, where it goes until it falls apart or doesn't or works well. So I completely understand. Well, anyway, folks, that's going to wrap it up here for episode number 141 of YWC Football Talk. I'll see you guys in the new year. Have a happy and safe new year. Enjoy week 17. Enjoy the rest of bowl season. And I'll see you guys next week for some more YWC Football Talk. Have a good one, everybody. Have a good one. Go Pats. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. 
do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.